Hey, thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. We get to listen to real people's stories of insight, grit, endurance, and maybe a little bit of I can't believe that really happened to you. I'm your host, Monica Martin. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Verbal Echo Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. Uh, his name is Mike Tarno. And um, Mike is a husband, father, grandfather, U.S. Air Force veteran. He's a voice actor and podcaster. He's also a retired forklift operator and has been married to his beautiful bride since 1989. Early in 2022, he found himself suddenly at the age of 57 diagnosed with stage two esophageal cancer. Uh, the road of life gave him an unexpected turn, but there was even more to come. His story is full of lessons in faith, tough decisions, and learning to adapt to a new plan. So welcome, Mike. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun so far. Can we keep going? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So. Whoever it is you just described, I want to meet him because he sounds like a fantastic guy. Isn't it weird how yeah. we hear these uh, bios and we create them and then someone else reads them and it's like, wow, did I do all that stuff? Really? I know. I know. I was, I was just thinking this. I wanted to collect a guy. He's, he sounds pretty good. <laughs> He sounds like a kind of guy I'd like to have to a barbecue and (laughs) yeah, at least have coffee with him for goodness sake. It sounds like he's got a lot of stories. Exactly. So tell us how you got, uh, in the world of voice acting. How did that happen? Oh my goodness. What a story that is. Uh, do you remember Gilbert Gottfried doing the Aflac duck? He was the voice of the Aflac duck for many, many years. And I think it was at the beginning of 2012, after the tsunami in Japan, he lost his job because during a stand-up routine, he made fun of that whole situation. You know how comics do. So um, he ended up getting fired from Aflac because, unbeknownst to him, 70% of the uh, the people that had the Aflac insurance was in Japan. And they didn't, they didn't appreciate the humor, so they got rid of him and put out an open invitation for anybody who could mimic the Aflac duck to apply. And it would it was a six-figure position. I thought, six figures to say Aflac in a duck voice? That's, that sounds right up my alley. So anyway, we uh, a friend of mine and, and I, we uh, decided we were going to uh, audition for it. And we never ended up doing it, but I, it did get me reading more about it. And I started buying equipment here and there and uh, practicing a practice, practice, practice for about a year uh, every day. And I finally got my first job in December of 2012 uh, as a um, an off-camera voice for a training video in Munich, Germany. <laughs> so they, they, they train people how to put in uh, kitchen, how to re- renew kitchens. And I happened to be one of the off-camera voices who was a um, uh, at-home chef type thing. So yeah, that, that was how it kind of all started. And then it eventually evolved into radio imaging, which is kind of a, a genre that kind of found me. I didn't necessarily go looking for it, but yeah. Wow. That's uh, so radio imaging. What's that? 
You know, when you're listening to the radio and somebody comes on and says, um, uh, KZ 106, 100,000 watts of, you know, so you got, you got that guy in the background and that's kind of what I do. I, I do a lot of it for overseas radio stations. I, I've got about maybe 10 stations here in the U.S. that I do it for, but mostly it is overseas and, uh. So that's, it's just a lot of fun it, over in Great Britain. A lot of it is radio show intros. Uh, I'll be talking about, you know, what's coming up on today's show or, or uh, something about the host of that show. And so I'll record that and they pop that in the beginning of their shows and, uh, or, or during their shows, they, they run some kind of promo on it. And so that's my voice over there. If you travel anywhere in Great Britain, you'll hear my voice just about on every station. Seemingly I have done at least a thousand uh, uh, jobs for Great Britain and the UK. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. You know, and you have, uh, you sent me some clips of your audio. If anyone's out there that might be interested in hiring Mike for, um, you know, just for a podcast intro or um, anything like that, it's, it's, you know, that's his voice is like, it's like, I, I, it's just so smooth. And so I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, like, <laughs> I wish my voice sounded that. like That's that. <laughs> Maybe not quite as deep, but I mean, like, so what, what do you have to do as a voice actor to uh, pre- like, are there things that you do to prepare your voice? How do you take care? <laughs> um, I know that you um, had cancer, which is kind of a, yeah. a strange twist of fate uh, because I, I assume that you were doing this work before and then you were yes. diagnosed. So what happened? Well, I started in 2012. So yeah, I was doing it right up until the, uh, the beginning of last year. And, and, uh, well, you know, going back to your first point, as far as warming up, um, yeah, you have to warm up your voice. A lot of it is I'll talk to myself in the shower. My wife is used to it now, but I talk to myself in the shower and I kind of get, and that, that, that uh, humidity in the shower kind of helps the vocal cords kind of warm up. And, uh, then there's uh, other things. And, and I don't know if anybody's just listening and not watching on, on YouTube, but, uh, this is a, a cork, a wine cork. And you can put this in your mouth and say the ABCs two or three times very slowly and very articulately. And then uh, once you take it out, and this is an old trick that was uh, taught to to me through a book by a guy named James Alberger. He's fantastic, very old school, but this really works and uh, it helps you to articulate your words better. Anyway, um, getting to the cancer thing, it was everything was fine. I, I got diagnosed in April and then I started my, uh, my chemo and radiation in, um, in May. So by the time I hit mid June, my voice started to go away. Um, they call it, tar- <coughs> excuse me. It's, it's funny. They, they call it targeted radiation and it's got this big fancy machine and everything. And they, they hit me right in my sternum. And of course, you know, our, when, when we were going through the, uh, the, the preliminary interviews with the doctor and everything, it's like, you know, this is right near my heart, right near my lungs, you know, is this going to affect anything else? And they said, no, 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 it's so targeted. It won't, it won't affect your heart, won't affect anything else. Well, apparently it affected something else about eight inches north of there because my vocal cords went out after about four weeks of radiation. And, uh, I, I talked to the techs, I go, is this from the radiation? Jesus. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's us. I'm like, well, so much for targeted radiation. It affected something about eight, you know, obviously the vocal cords are very sensitive, but you would think that the, the heart and lungs would be too. But anyway, uh, so I was out of commission for about three months with all that. So, Yeah. 
I mean, I, I can imagine. Isn't it funny how um, the doctors will tell you one thing and then the tech people will be like, no, 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 no. This is what's yeah. really happening. You're getting the real <laughs> facts from those people. Yes. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, don't listen to the doctor. <laughs> it, 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 it does kind of make it the last couple of years just living in this country with all the, the COVID craziness. It, it, it does make you kind of raise an eyebrow anytime some expert or doctor says something and they're official. <laughs> so you just don't yeah. know. I mean, I love modern medical um, technology. It's amazing. And I actually have one of my, my daughter's headed off to medical school. So I love, I love our doctors. That's Um, fantastic. Yeah. But I think it's also important to listen to your body, you know, and uh, (laughs) so that must've been part of when you figured out something was wrong. Like, how did you, what was their first clue? Well, that was uh, that was an interesting day. Um, I had uh, I had had I've been taking heartburn medication since I was in my early 30s, and uh, it, it the prescription stuff, and it works great. And it, every once in a while, you you still get it though. I mean, if you got this chronic thing, and um, so anyway, it it that kind of chronic uh, heartburn stuff can cause a thing called Barrett's esophagus, which kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, hamburgerizes the normally smooth tissue that's in your esophagus. And it kind of like makes, I was, I was having trouble swallowing uh, vitamins and meat and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, with the medication, everything was been, been great. But there was one night that I, I had eaten pizza or something and it just affected me. So I slept on the couch, cat was with me. And um, so about three in the morning, everything seemed better. I, w- I came to bed and um, uh, I woke up the next day and I got in the shower and in the shower I'm starting to get dizzy. Uh, I'll make this the story short. I'm sorry. I don't want to go on too long, but I started to get dizzy. And so I got out of the shower and, I, and it was getting worse. And I thought, well, they're not going to find me naked. So, I mean, I went over and I <laughs> grabbed my underwear and a t-shirt and I passed out, which I am not a pass out person. I have never passed out in my life. That was the first time ever. Um, I was only out for maybe 10 seconds. Uh, woke back up, got up. My wife heard me and she came in there and she's like, what is going on? It's like, I don't know. So I went back to bed and I'm not one to go back to bed. And I slept until two 30 that afternoon. So I knew there was something happening there. Um, so of course, uh, my wife being the, uh, the, the voice of reason in our, uh, in our relationship and always has been probably always will be, uh, forced me to, you got to go to the doctor. You got to go to the doctor. So I went to the, doc- the doctor and he said, sounds to me like you have a bleeding ulcer because there were other, uh, signs that I had internal bleeding. So I went and I had a, uh, upper GI scope done and I've had a couple of these done before. That's how they found I had Barrett's esophagus years and years ago. So I went in there and he said, well, if you have a bleeding ulcer, I'll be able to fix it and you'll, we'll get you out of here and there'd be no problem. So went in there and they did their thing, came back out and he comes into the office with us and says, I found, uh, I didn't find a, a, a bleeding ulcer. I found a mass. He says, I've been doing this a long time. He says, chances are it looks like cancer to me, but we'll find out. Um, I expedited the, the, um, the biopsy and we will find out by Monday and we'll give you a call. Okay. So found out, um, gave me a, gave us a call on Monday. And, um, so anyway, we, we've found out and we just had to start that process and what we were going to do about it. Um, they did a PET scan, found out that they didn't believe it metastasized anywhere. So that's what made it stage two. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how all that started. The reason I passed out, uh, was because that 
internal bleeding, my hemoglobin was down below seven, which is not uh, it, it, normal hemoglobin levels, I believe, from what I remember, is between 11 and 14. So I was uh, about half of what I should have been. So I, I just didn't have didn't have enough going to my little tiny brain and I fell over. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow, that's an incredible story. I mean, when you first heard the the cancer word, you know, yeah. the the word that we all fear. What was your first reaction? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I I I I don't know whether I just kind of um, put it out of my head or whatever. I just I, all I could think about is what's next. Of course, my wife's reaction was uh, was um, uh, much different. But yeah, you know, I didn't really give it a chance to process. I just kind of like, well, all right, now what? You know, I mean, because I've I've, I've my dad died of cancer when I was sixteen. <clears throat> my mom had had cancer twice, and she died actually died of old age at eighty one. So I I, I kind of had a feeling that you know cancer was going to come knocking at the door one day. I didn't know it was going to be this quickly, but you know, uh, I, I kind of expected it somewhere along the line. Um, so I, it wasn't a surprise to me. My wife, you know, she she put up a very very, very strong front. So you know, it was okay with me. Uh, I just figured, you know, it's, it's, it's another adventure. You always have an adventure. I had, uh, I had my, uh, uh, I had a blown out disc in my neck about 12 years ago. And, and when they told me about that, it's like, well, you're going to have to have surgery. We're going to put a cadaver bone in there, a platinum, uh, titanium plate in there and the whole thing. And it's going to be great. <laughs> so it's like, I, so it? I, you know, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of get, you kind of get in that mode. It's like, all right, well now I just got to figure out what's next. So. Isn't it funny how they tell you it's going to be great? You're going to be fine. Yeah, you're you know, be I think fine. That, yeah, it's just a little piece of metal. You'll be fine. You might yeah. set off some airport uh, security <laughs> scanning I devices. Yet so far, though, yeah, I'm surprised. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had some uh, injuries myself, so I've I had to have my ACL done. If well, actually, it's been close to 20 years now, but it's fine. Ah, it'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> You're going to be great. You're going to be great. They'll be, be fine. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll, you'll be so. fine. You'll toughen up soldier, right? <laughs> Rub some dirt Speaking on it. Speaking of soldiers, okay. so you were, <laughs> oh, throw some, oh, that's what I should have done. Yeah, throw some dirt see? on it. I actually fell into a cactus on a bike in Moab. So oh that's gosh. how I tore my ACL. Not only could I not stand up, I couldn't ride my bike out of there and I had cactus. I had to pull these cactus spines out of my leg because I fell into a cactus. So oh my there's gosh. my ACL story. Anyone who has torn their ACL has a story. <laughs> I think mine's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I like it. I mean, the cactus kind of adds to it. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> I had just to fell get in the concrete. It'd be different. Oh, I know. And then I had to hitch a ride with some Jeepers uh, back to the parking lot. And then uh, after that, I was like, okay, my weekend is done. <laughs> <laughs> done. Just done. Just done. I get the coffee. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting down. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, it. I think it was a beer, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever but, works. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I need it. I need a cocktail for this day. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, no. yeah, but it just, you know, when I think when we go through these injuries, it just, it really, man, we, boy, we come out stronger, you know? I, like, I totally it's agree. It's almost like it's part of the plan. 
I, I I totally agree. You know, it's like, and I was raised by my dad was a uh, World War II and Korean War veteran, and you know the the whole uh, you're going to be fine, rub some dirt on it. You're, you know, the, the whole walk it off type thing. That was kind of the way I was raised, and it was you know I I, I never had the um, luxury of just kind of sitting around and feeling bad for myself if I ever got hurt or whatever. It's like, well, we'll, we'll pour some um, uh, hydrogen peroxide on it, a little mercurochrome and a Band-Aid, and you are good to go. You are back outside. So, I mean, in kids today, maybe uh, mostly don't have that kind of uh, uh, that kind of situation when they're growing up. And my son didn't even have that kind of situation. I was much easier on him than my dad was on me, which, you know, is probably that's my fault. So, um but I think that that does help you when you when you get older, uh, much more so than we realize uh, that, uh, you know, you just you just don't sit around and, and feel sorry for yourself. And I think that's you see too much of that anymore, almost, you know. Yeah, I think about some of the things that I did. I think kids are smarter than we were <laughs> today. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, we did some pretty dumb stuff. I mean, I did some pretty <laughs> dumb stuff. I, I, I'm alive and I made it through. But I remember one time I was on my bike when I was, I must have been like, I don't know, 10 or 12. And I wiped out on the gravel, got a concussion <sighs> And I remember my mom was like, oh, you'll be okay. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> that time we had to go to the emergency room. But I, I mean, I survived. But, uh, you know, I got like, a story just saw- like that, if you if you want to hear it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Was, I- I was about 13 and I was riding my, I had a 10 speed. I had, I had gotten hit by a car on my bike. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was run over or anything, but I, but I got hit by a car and it bent the front rim, you know? And, uh, so anyway, and, and we didn't have the money to, to fix it or whatever. So I had, uh, I had flip flops on, I had no shirt on and I had a pair of shorts on. I was riding to the community pool, which is down at the beach which is kind of like a mucky beach where, where I lived in Charlotte County. It was not, not too many good beaches there, but um, I was riding down there to kind of hang out for the day. And, and the front wheel was doing its wobble thing. And normally if you reached out and kicked it, it would, it would fix it to where it wasn't hitting the brake. So, so I'm, I'm only about maybe a block from my house and I reached out and I kicked it and my flip-flop got caught in the spokes and threw me over the, the front. How I didn't hit my face to this day, I have no idea, but I landed on my chest and it, and, and it got gravel all in my chest. And it's kind of like, and there's, you know, it got drops of blood running down my chest. So I go back home and I, I asked my mom, I was like, what do I do? And she goes, lay on the couch. So she laid on the, I laid on the couch and she gets, gets the tweezers and pulls the rocks that were left in my chest out. And she goes, okay, you're good to go. <laughs> So oh my I got gosh. my bike and I went back to, <laughs> I went, I went down to the pool at, at that point, but you know, the, the chlorine that they put in community pools is really good for, uh, for healing things. <laughs> seemingly. Oh yeah. Like, I've I, done I've got, that. Maybe no not scars. gravel in my <laughs> chest. <laughs> and that's why you went into the air force, right? So tell us, yes. tell us about that. So what, what were your adventures like in the air force? What did you end oh. up uh, and but and thank you for serving. Oh, you're uh, by the you're way, welcome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, so, it was only four years back in the '80s. Reagan was president. Everybody was afraid of us. It was a, it was a, it was a good time <laughs> to be, to be in. Um, you know, and, and, and to be honest, and and I, I cannot say that I was. I grew up wanting to serve my country and think that was that was. I mean, it ended up like that, but I, that was not my. 
my, I was never Mr. Patriot or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a small town and we didn't have a lot of opportunity. There was, there was no money to go to college. And back in 1982, when I graduated, if you didn't have money, you didn't go to college. So I didn't go. Um, I, I was working and it was a struggle and I was still living at home with my mother. And I had just turned 19. I'm thinking, I got to do something else. And my dad was in the Army Air Corps. So I knew a little bit about the Air Force when, uh, through his stories. So, um, I went and took the ASVAB and, and they said, you're qualified for just about anything. And, um, so I, I went in, I ended up, um, as it started out being a, uh, closed circuit television tech, it ended up morphing into the, uh, ground radio, uh, type job. My, in my first permanent party position, I was, like I said, I was only in four years, only had one, um, so anyway, I took care of a lot of the uh, air traffic control equipment, the radars, the radios, the the uh, telephone lines. I took care of all that stuff. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Actually, we we had a little. Um, we our our site was called the receiver site, and we it was way out in the middle of uh, nowhere on the one end of the runway, and we seven people out there all by ourselves, and we uh, we did our jobs, but we had a lot of fun. It was uh, you know throw the football around when times were slow. It, it was great. It was great. So I, I do things a little bit differently if I was, uh, if I went back in time, I, I say that, but then I wouldn't meet my wife and, you know, so things would be different, but I would have taken that career path a little bit more seriously and, and, uh, and probably cross-trained to be an air traffic controller. Those guys had it made. They had bonuses, they had all that kind of stuff. And I didn't have any of that. So, uh, so anyway, that that's uh, I, I've I've got probably way too many inappropriate stories that I can think of, but yeah, other than that, <laughs> it was fun though. We had a good time. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it was a really good experience. Did that yeah. uh, help you in your voice career at all, or was it totally um, different? No, not really. Uh, I will say that it opened doors for me once I got out, though, uh, because once you have the veteran status, it opens doors for you for jobs that you wouldn't normally get. Like my my job that I retired 25 years as a forklift operator, um, I I went to the um, here in Georgia. I live in I live between Atlanta and Chattanooga, and I went to the um, uh, the unemployment office, which is where a lot of job placement stuff happens in Georgia. So I was over there and they said, you know, they're hiring at the brewery. I, I worked for Budweiser for 25 years. They're hiring at the brewery, but you know, there's a lot of people that want to work at the brewery. So uh, there was one guy that I, I talked to, he only worked with veterans and he's like on, you know, being a veteran, they're, they're going to bump you to, to the top of the line. And my sister-in-law was going for the same job and she ended up not getting it. So there was, <laughs> I don't think she, she's talked to me maybe 12 times to this day since then. Um, but anyway, the, uh, that, that opened that door for me. I made good money. Uh, I was n not rich by any standard at all, but I, I had good benefits. I had, it was regular work and I had overtime. I had, uh, it was, it was, I was able to provide for my family much better than previous generations of my family had, had been able to do. So I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, yes, that, that, uh, that military experience does help. Uh, at least it did back in 1994 when I got hired over there. So it, that was very good. So. Yeah, that's, that's a great story. Um, a lot of my family comes with military backgrounds too. So I'm always interested to hear other, other people's stories with the military. Uh, some of the stories, luckily most of my family's stories are pretty good. 
uh, and they've all had good experiences. And the benefits that you get as a veteran are, wow, you know, there there's a lot of great benefits that um, that you're able to receive from serving. So yeah, yeah. I, I know at least the uh, the the discounts at Lowe's and, and Home Depot. I mean, all that all that helps. <laughs> but you know, other than that, I really don't get any benefits. Uh, and once you make over a certain amount of money, and it's really not that much, it ends up being like twenty seven thousand dollars or whatever. Once you make more than that, the VA doesn't really mess with you too much. So it it is mm-hmm. kind of geared more for people that are are still kind of financially struggling or whatever. Um, but I will say now you're in Denver, correct, or you're in Colorado. Um, I, yeah, I'm west of Denver in the mountains. Yep, mm-hmm, okay. near Vale. Mm-hmm. I was uh, <laughs> when when I I did my training in uh, in Aurora. It used to be a place called Lowry oh. Air Force Base. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I spent um, from February to August of 1984 in at Lowry. And uh, the one one fast story from there, we went to see George Carlin in downtown Denver. Um, and I don't remember what the name of the theater was, but it, we took the bus because, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any money. We, knew we didn't have a stripe on our arm at the time yet. <clears throat> so we went to uh, took the bus down to downtown Denver, saw the show. It was great. He was hilarious, especially back then. Um, uh, so when we got out, we realized that the buses stopped running at 11. This was like 1230 in the morning. So we had to walk about six and a half, seven miles, something like that, back to the base. <laughs> so it was it it was in the middle of the night when we got back home thankfully it was a saturday night and we didn't have to get up so early the next morning it wasn't snowing was uh, was it because no that would suck yeah it would it would (laughs) but if you're familiar with colfax we had to walk all the way down colfax and and colfax can be uh, even back in 1984 that that. was kind of the hood you know so it's still the hood you don't want to do that especially at night you know 1 a.m you don't want to walk seven miles down colfax thankfully it was three young guys and and uh, none of us none of us got messed with thankfully yeah yeah i wouldn't recommend that anyone out there no no you don't want to do that Mm -mm. some parts are some parts of colfax are okay you know but yeah like, you know, it's just like any other city downtown. Like, sure. You don't want to be walking around <laughs> at 1 a.m. There's, there's parts of Cartersville, Georgia that you don't want to be in after. You don't want to be at the Walmart at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night here in Cartersville, Georgia, because it's like, you know, you just uh, don't know. <laughs> Walmart. People walking around, tweaking on I something. Love, you just don't know. I love Walmart, but we won't go down that. Do you remember that? Um, <laughs> Uh, what was it? A website back? Uh, it was like ten years ago. It was called the People of Walmart. People do you of remember Walmart. that? Yes, do you remember yes, that? I do. <laughs> oh man, I would look great at that pictures. and just I would laugh for half an hour. That, that was oh, just yeah. such a great uh, mind distraction. And I don't know if that website is still out there, but I don't know either. That's a good question. I, don't but know. I always it's, thought that they had taken those pictures in our Cartersville Walmart at, at midnight on a Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> Because that's exactly uh, yeah. what you saw. Yeah, <laughs> it was scary. I think some. I don't know. Some of that stuff. Like I don't know. Is that real? I mean, or was it just? I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. But that was that I was just, great fun. I do see pajamas quite often if I go there. So I mean, that that's still <laughs> there's still something to it. I would like to wear my pajamas in Walmart. <laughs> you probably could. I don't think anybody would give you a second look. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get some really cool ones like with like flamingos and um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could probably buy those there if you wanted to. I could get those in Florida. The pink flamingo. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah, that's definitely a Florida thing. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, uh, you have a, um, so you have a podcast and you're also on YouTube. Um, your podcast is stay off my lawn. Yeah. And yeah. so tell, tell me about that. Get off my lawn was taken, so we had to go to stay off my lawn. Um, it, it was uh, it, it it was it ended up being me and an, another um, voiceover friend. We started talking every Tuesday. Uh, we we did a uh, an, uh, a play together on um, uh, like an old radio show play. It was like nine of us would get together. We got together two or three times to practice, and then we we did a recording and we put it out there. It ended up being it was after an old radio show from the forties called My Friend Irma. And it was just a Christmas episode and we put it out at Christmas time. And, and I think it was, um, starting at the end of December and ran mostly through, uh, uh, the beginning of January where Richard and I would, would kind of get together on zoom every, every, uh, Tuesday for some reason, Tuesday mornings, both of us were free and we started chatting and, and I, I seems like it was me one morning. I said, you know, we ought to make this a podcast. You are hilarious. And so we just started, uh, we just tried to do it. And, you know, the first couple are, are, are you know, kind of rough, just like anybody else when they first start off. But, uh, we, we've got a good formula down now, and um, we do we do make fun of politicians. We we talk about the news of the day, and we um, you know we we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it does lean right, but we are uh, but we we do make fun of both because there's plenty of people on the right and the left that you can make fun of. So it's uh, it, we have a good time, and and we have built up a, a quite a following. We just, as a matter of fact, just before we started our interview, I uploaded episode 26. And, um, so that was, uh, yeah, we're having oh, a good wow. time. Nice. And your yeah. co-host is, what's his name? Richard Durrington. And I think that if you just did a Google search of Richard Durrington, there's, there's not enough of those out there, but you'll be able to mm -hmm. find his voiceover page and, and he's got a very unique voice. If you have any kind of, uh, um, commercial needs or, or uh, on hold message needs or whatever. He's he's got a great voice for that. He's very very folksy. He's from uh, Idaho, and uh, mm. so and and I'm here in Georgia. Woods. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, kind, yeah, kind of a little bit colder and north, a little bit more. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's actually very warm right now. He said he's on, on day like seven or eight of hundred degree temperatures every day. Oh, it's been so. this summer has been unbelievably hot even for us yeah. here in Colorado it's been we've had heat advisory days and yeah it's it's hot it's a hot one yep well they, they told us with yeah. El Nino coming this year that it was going to be that way so I guess that mm -hmm. uh, we shouldn't be surprised I guess so yeah yeah it's definitely an air conditioning summer for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> so but it's dry uh, heat yeah if if you were to tell so if someone was aspiring to be a voice actor. Um, what would you, what kind of wisdom would you share with them if they were interested in getting into the business? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, there, the best thing that I could tell them, and there's a lot of people out there and this is be a warning. Uh, there's a lot of people out there will, that will separate you from your money saying that they will make you successful and saying that they will, uh, you know, set up a website, make a demo for you. And you're, you're going to be, you're going to be a star. Uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll take thousands of dollars from you for that. And, and they make it sound so alluring and, and, and make it sound just so attractive that, you know, you'll just fork over that money in a heartbeat. 
thankfully I didn't go down that road because I'm just cynical enough to go, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but what I would say, there's a, there's a website, there's a few uh, good websites out there. One is called the edge studio. And I don't remember whether it's edgestudio.com or if you just look for edge studio in New York city, they have a website where they have uh, a bunch of practice scripts that you can go in there and, and uh, look at and, and record for yourself. Um, get a cheap microphone, something USB that you can buy on Amazon that uh, you don't want to invest a lot of money to begin with because you don't know whether this is going to be something you'll want to do even once you start it, even though it seems like something you'd want to do, uh, you may not want to. So, um, you know, spend maybe uh, 40, 50 bucks on a microphone and, and just start reading. And there's a forum in there where you can read one of those scripts and post it and you'll get uh, peer-to-peer feedback. Now, granted, all these other people are brand new also, but just like all of us, we've listened to the radio, most of us, all our life, and we know what's good and what isn't good. So you get halfway decent feedback with all that. And I did that for Oh, gosh, a year. I, I posted on there probably twice a week and for a year. And I, and I listened to a lot of that feedback. And then eventually, by the time that year is up, you'll, you'll kind of get a, a little bit of uh, understanding by looking through YouTube and finding out who is legit and who isn't, hopefully. And, um, you know, just listen to people. And, you know, there's, there's, it, there's a lot of good information out there that's free and to get started out. And that would be what I would do rather than go in there and just pay somebody a bunch of money that says that they're going to, they're going to turn you into a voice actor. Um, it takes years. You got to have patience. You're not going to, you're not going to be voicing a uh, osteobiflex nationally tomorrow. Um, but it's, uh, and, and don't pick a genre. Genres will find you. You have to start out with commercial. So start reading commercials. Um, even if you transcribe commercials that you hear on the radio now, record it, write down everything they say and record it for yourself. Maybe do it in a different way. Um, there are so many ways to skin a cat when it comes to a commercial. So you can, you can go through and, uh, and just practice, practice, practice. It's the old Carnegie thing, you know, but it, it, it is very, very true. Um, so I, that, that would be my advice. Just get a little microphone and, uh, and, and work on it. There's a free program where you can record and edit your, uh, uh, your voice. It's called audacity. And that's very, uh, it's very, very good. And there's some great tutorials on YouTube for you to figure out how to do all that and, and use all the tools that's, uh, integrated in that. And that's, that's what I would do. Um, and and see if it it even matches your personality because you really have to have a certain kind of personality to enjoy sitting in a room talking to yourself uh, for a couple hours a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, well, it's such so a unique that, that career. Were, was there anyone that caught, when you were first learning how to do this? Was there a person whose voice you really that really struck you as? Oh, I really want to be like this person. Or. Wow, what a- what a great question. Mike Rowe, as a matter of fact. I, I think Mike oh, Rowe has one of those yes. fantastic voices. Um, I miss him. Is he still around? I mean, I yeah. remember watching him on Discovery Channel. And yeah. um, what was that show he I did? Think, uh, Dirty, Dirty Jobs. Oh, Dirty that was Jobs. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he revamped it. it it's, uh, he's got new episodes out now. It's on, uh, it's on Discovery Plus. We, we cut the cable a while ago, and we only stream now, but it's on Discovery Plus. And if you're a veteran, Discovery Plus offers it for $2.99 a month, so, and oh, it's wow. unlimited. So, yeah. So, another, See, there's another, another benefit. 
There's another tip <laughs> from your friend. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Mike Rowe and, and of course, um, um, Morgan Freeman. I mean, he's got, he's got, oh, yeah, I could never. I love I, Morgan yeah. Freeman. Oh, I could never yeah. do his voice, but it's like his delivery is just so natural and just so high mm-hmm. quality. And it's like, yeah. So <clears throat> if I was ever going to have a, um, a, a, a bio of my life read or, or a, a biography, an autobiography read by one of these, it would be one of those two guys. That's, it, uh, as a matter of fact, when I'm doing any kind of narration, I actually channel Mike Rowe's voice in my head and try to deliver it the same way he would. And so far, so far that's kind of worked, uh, you know, but you got to be your own self too. But yeah, those, those are the two guys that I, I super look up to, uh, uh, to this day. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cause when you mentioned both of those people, like, Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that, I think this is one of those things where you're just born with it. You have a great voice or do you think that anyone could, ah, uh, you know, like not everybody can play guitar, you know, like. Right. Right. <laughs> you're, I, you know, I think, I think almost anybody could do it. Uh, Cause I've heard people with terrible voices be very good. And, and just, I mean, I, I don't mean terrible voices. I mean, voices that you wouldn't expect voices that, um, they're kind of higher pitched. There's two ladies that I know that sound like uh, caricatures. They sound like cartoon voices and that's their natural voice. And they're successful. They do, you know, one of them does, um, uh, she lives up in Charlotte. She does a lot of the, um, uh, animation. She was, she was on cartoon network. She's done a bunch of characters and she's great at that. She normally plays like, <clears throat> excuse me, young boys. Uh, you know, so, but she's, she's great. And then there's another, another uh, lady that I actually did the, my friend Irma show with. And I thought, man, she was putting on that voice. It's really good because she's so consistent, but that's her natural voice. And she lives up in Pittsburgh and she does a great job with, with everything too. So people, a lot of people want the regular average everyday guy, as opposed to like a Mike Rowe type voice, you know, somebody who has that deep quality and I don't have a deep quality voice. I just have a, I, I have kind of a middle of the road, but I, but I do have the ability to kind of go up and down and, and kind of change it for different things. You know, I've done the old sergeant, you know, get over here before I whoop you, you know? So you've got that. And then you've got the, 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 the young kid or whatever, the kind of SpongeBobby, Hey, get over here. I don't need this. So, I mean, there's some people can't do that. uh, And, and that I can't say that that's necessarily helped me in, in a lot of ways. It's fun to do, but uh, you get people that will email you all the time and, say, I do, I do all these characters. I do Dudley do right. Listen to this. And, and it's like, there's just not a lot of call for that. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is using your natural voice and being the real person, the person that you would talk over the fence to your next door neighbor, that voice. So you just have to make it sound like you're talking to somebody. It's more approachable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I always ask everyone about a crazy story from <laughs> either your your hometown or where you grew up or where you are now. And you have a really interesting story involved, <laughs> involving a large reptile. So yeah, I want to hear the yeah. story. 
Um, yeah, back when I was in, in high school, it was, uh, you know, I started high school in 78. So, I mean, the, the, the bus stop was always, a uh, you know, heck, I think the bus stop back then was a m- little over a mile away. So you walk down to the bus stop and, and we had to go over the bridge to a canal. The, the, the canals are all over. If you've ever been to Florida, you know, canals are just about everywhere when you are along the coast. So <clears throat> I had to walk over the bridge to, to the canal from the canal, over the canal to get to the bus stop. And then we got on the bus one morning and we started going back over that bridge and there was an alligator that was laying right in the middle of that bridge and of course you know we had to they had to call the cops who in turn called the dnr and it took him about two hours to get the alligator out of the way because he was relaxing and enjoying the the beautiful morning that it was and um so anyway yeah we were two hours late to school and and it was, you know, it was kind of fun. You know, so you had to sit on the bus for two hours, but thankfully it wasn't uh, 95 with 95% humidity like it would have been in the afternoon. So I'm grateful it was in the morning. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, alligators, we had um, now the can, that same canal when we were walking back home a lot of times, um, there'd be alligators that would get up on the, the seawall of the those canals and lay on their backs and, and sun themselves. And, you know, that sounds like a, a story but that that actually happens and alligators have this thing it's almost like a mercury switch in their head that when they lay on their back they get almost passed out they get they get to the point to where they don't um they they don't have the reflexes that they do when they're when they're upright and you know i'll i'll have an environmentalist get mad at me about this but there, there, there's people that will go over there the young kids anyway making bad decisions like we talked about earlier go over there and kind of scratch their belly and you see their their little hands paws whatever they are move a little bit but man, they, they never moved until they were ready to get up. They were not moving. So, I mean, that, that was an opportunity to, uh, to get killed, which was, which was always fun when you're young. <laughs> so these, these people go up and basically, you know, when you rub your dog's belly in there yeah, and their legs yeah. start paddling and it's just the cutest thing. People are yeah. doing that to alligators. Yeah. Well, I mean, back That's then, I mean, it was, it was well, we were kids. We were kids. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like oh. grown adults. They would have, they would have had the, the common sense not to do that. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was another thing. And then we, of course we go hunting, uh, uh, rattlesnakes, which we had a mason jar full of rattlesnake, uh, rattles. So <laughs> oh. took about three years to get. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know, we, it was a small town, and that's kind of how the the atmosphere was. I'm sure it's different today. It's grown quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, you know, we had fun. <laughs> yeah, that's the rattlesnake. Cha- I remember seeing those. Like every once in a while, you'll see one in like a little antique store. Just I don't know somebody. I don't know where people. I don't know if people still do that. I mean, I don't know either. We have, we have a rattlesnake in our front yard. As a matter of fact, you go to oh. my uh, my um, uh, Instagram and Facebook page. Just look up Mike Tarno, M-I-K-E-T-A-R-N-O-W. You'll be able to you go back about three weeks and you'll be able to find a picture of our timber rattler that we found in the front yard the other a uh, couple of weeks ago. And he lives under my rock in the, we've got a big boulder type thing that is in our landscaping in the front of the yard. And he lives under that. So, <laughs> whether oh, he's wow. got family members in there or what but he was a baby he was probably only maybe about four feet long um but yeah it, it kind of worries me about the indoor outdoor cat that we have but yeah you know, I mean, she, she's gonna her, do look her at thing you, so. cohabitating <laughs> with rattlesnakes and alligators yeah, you know, and- here in the it's south cool. it's uh it's, it's a different yeah. it's a different thing you know it's uh, oh we, yeah 
we still co- cohabitate with nature pretty well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we um, here in Colorado, there's been a moose that's been uh, frequenting our town. And uh, just the other day, I was out walking my dog and down by the bike path and this moose pops up out of the bushes and I got a picture of it and it was swimming across the river. It was the coolest thing. And this thing was big too. Like, uh, I don't know. Don't pet moose. Like me. Even if they're laying on their back, don't, don't rub their bellies. Yeah. Oh Uh, man. (laughs) I've got a friend that lives up in Alaska and she, she posted a picture. I think it was last year where the moose was just standing in the intersection and it wouldn't move. I mean, she had a green light and she couldn't go anywhere because this moose was just standing there. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, uh, I I don't like people anyway. So don't, you know, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) It was, it was a great shot, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, you cannot push a moose out of the way. Like they are no, big. No. God bless you people <laughs> for being out there <laughs> dealing and, with and that. And don't Yeah, and don't mess with the mama moose. Those are I mean, the boys, eh, you know, they're bigger, but don't mess with the mama moose. <laughs> well, especially don't mess with the boys if the mama's around, I would think. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um Yeah, thanks. I, yeah, so you mentioned your uh, podcast. So just if you want to go over, where can people find you and um, um, any other projects you've got going on? Sure. Um, If you go to stayoffmylawn.us, you can find all our archived episodes and and, uh, a little bit more about Richard and I and, you know, see whether it's a a good fit for you. It's a a good way to kill an hour and and laugh. Uh, When I edit everything, I don't really edit too much. I kind of, we pop in fake commercials in between. We we have four segments. So we pop in little things that we've made up. I've got friends in Great Britain that I've I've had them do bumpers in between the, uh, the segments. So it, it's a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, you can go to stayoffmylawn.us and find that there. Or you can go to Spotify, iHeart, Google, wherever wherever you find your podcasts. We're, we're on everything. I, I don't know of a platform we're not on. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's kind of the, the main thing. Like I said, it, it can be a little bit political, but a lot of times it, it, it's not necessarily meant to be. Um, it, it's sort of like, I just can't believe this person said that. That's just so stupid, you know, type thing, which all of us have kind of sat back. <laughs> well, I've, we, my wife's got so many friends that, that we don't necessarily vote the same way, but we laugh at the same thing. So I think there's a, there's a genre, there's a niche for this. <laughs> so. It's, it's nice when you can find uh, correspondences. Yeah, <laughs> even yes. you know, I think we all have the same need to laugh, uh, regardless of which side of the road you're on. And I think I the more commonalities that we can find, the more we can cooperate. Co- you know, cooperate as a species because um, sure. it's yeah. it's tough out there right now. And I don't and as long see as you're it nasty ever about really- things. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it, we've gotten so divided, but I mean, <clears throat> I can't say that we all see things or we all want the same things, but I will say that we have more in common than we realize. If we can, we can take the emotion out of the, out of the uh, equation and just talk about what's actually happening and the, the things that are getting voted on and the things that, that are, are passing in certain states or whatever, if we can actually just have a, a logical, reasonable conversation about that, all of us can find some common ground. I, I firmly believe that. I've believed that all my life. So yeah, I, I that's, think that that's really calm down. That's all. Yeah. That's really some good wisdom. And uh, yeah, 
I, I agree. Let's all just, yeah. can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your, um, so what, uh, so you've got uh, stay off my lawn is your podcast. And if someone yeah. wanted to find out more about your voiceover uh, business and wh- how could we find that? Sure. You can go to uh, Mike Tarno.com. M I K E T A R N O W.com. Um, you can email me directly at Mike Tarno V O at gmail.com. Um, so, I mean, there, there's all kinds of things. I, I am working on a project right now that uh, I, I'm, it's it's taken a little bit longer than I expected to. But uh, a friend of mine, Kendra Rains, she lives up in uh, in Arkansas, and we are working on radio imaging together and building a website. And uh, that's going to be called Gator Bite Studios eventually. I think there is a placeholder up there right now. It's got a little bit of inf- information, but we, we don't have it anywhere near finished yet. But uh, it's called Gator Bite Studios. I think it's not U.S. I think about it. Anyway, um, we are we're, we're just we're, we both like to do this kind of thing. And when you have I don't know if you've ever heard this on the radio, when you have a male and a female kind of going back and forth with different things, uh, it can be it can be a little bit more interesting. And it, and it kind of makes makes everything instead of just the, the one guy going news, traffic and weather at the top and bottom of every hour, you know, and, and that's fine. There's there's. There's places for that, but I think that when you when you start going into music radio, uh, 80s, 90s, pop music today, and you have a male and a female going back and forth, it seems like that fits better. And and Kendra, I can't say enough good things about her. She's a fantastic lady, um, and we we work very well together. And uh, so anyway, once that website gets done, then that that will uh, work out a whole lot better. But I mean that that will be something that. I'll post all over my socials, but if you go to any, any of the social medias now, I'm not a big TikToker. I think I've got two things on TikTok, but I've got, I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So you can uh, you just do a search for Mike Tarno and you'll be able to find me. So. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much for uh, coming on and telling us all about this. It's been really interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 And if you have chronic yeah. heartburn, I'll, I'll leave you with this. If you do have chronic <laughs> heartburn, make sure that you you stay in contact with your doctor because you just don't know what what because uh, this stuff would have been lurking in me if I didn't have that bleeding. The the bleeding was caused from that uh, that tumor actually. Uh, there was a, a vein in it that burst open, and that's why I had all that that issues. So it, I mean, other than that, I mean, I've got a friend of mine I grew up with. Her brother in law uh, found out way too late. I mean, he, by the time that he was diagnosed, cause he had no idea what was going on, he had six weeks to live. So, you know, I hate to switch gears and make, <laughs> make it serious, but if you do have chronic heartburn, make sure your doctor's in the loop and make sure that you, uh, get the, get the scope done, get a scan done, make sure that, uh, that you're all good. Uh, it's, right. it's just a little, little bit of, uh, uh, stuff from the road I walked down that it, it's, it, it, it will make a difference, especially if you want to be around for your family as you get older. So, right. That's really, uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, yeah. Listen, listen to your body, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No doubt. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mike, for being on and, uh, well, Monica, yeah, you've been a fantastic host. I appreciate this very much. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much. All right. And uh, let me know if you want to do an in- intro and outro for your podcast. I'll be, I'll be more than happy to help you. I, as long as you, it, long this, as you link my website, that's all I need. I need a link to my website. If, so. if I have an interesting new intro next week, you guys know where to find Mike. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. 
joining me today. Be sure and hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to great pod content. I'd love it if you could tell a friend about this podcast and you can find any links mentioned by my guest or by me in the show notes below. Our music is Funk Beats by Ecolix and you can find them on the audio jungle. I'll catch you next time around. See you soon.